0: I'm going to share this morning uh, on contagious faith. You know, there's a lot of contagious things. This just seemed to be quickened to me. And so I'm going to talk about contagious faith. Now, usually if you look up the word contagious, it, it has two main definitions. One of them's not good, you know. And we're talking about a contagion right now that would spread and do harm. But one of the definitions literally is not a negative term at all. It literally means an emotion, a feeling. I like this, an attitude likely to spread to and affect others. Faith is an attitude. It really is. Faith is an attitude. And faith, you know, uh, is something that can be contagious, You know, you can stir people in faith and and have an attitude of faith. And we need a contagious faith all the time. And we need to recognize that a contagious faith is really a vital living faith that we have. If people aren't catching a cold from somebody, you know, praise God they believe in healing, but... From a natural standpoint, people who live in the world, you know, some of them are like, well, I'll, I'll get a cold. I'll catch a cold. They don't realize that opens them up to colds. That's a different story. Uh, but those people get, are contagious when that virus is living in them. Thank God we've got the life of Christ in us. We should have a vital living faith that is contagious. And that uh, it's not just some dead thing, some religion, some experience we had in the past, but it's something vital that we're living in today. The circumstances of life should not drive us away from this reality. We, we should be walking with the Lord right now. And this vital faith should be contagious. And if it's called light and the world is in darkness, people should be able to see it in different ways. When everybody else is worrying, we don't have to worry. We can trust the Lord. There's various things about this contagious faith, but I know this uh, proximity or getting this into people or near people is important to make the faith spread. You with me? So if you will... Let's turn to Mark, the fifth chapter, and we're going to look at a contagious faith. I think sometimes uh, when we read the Bible, we can come to conclusions, or maybe we haven't read the Bible, or you you know, you read things and you just assume it's a certain way. Like you assume if, if Jesus was here walking the earth, everybody would just love him. And uh, everybody would just want him and, um, because he's here. But do you know his presence and his spirit is here? But that when he was here physically, not everybody liked him. But he used people with contagious faith to spread the message he came with from God, and how he wanted to reach the world. He used people and so we're going to read actually quite a few verses here. I was thinking, how can I chop this up? But I think just reading it's going to be the best way. So in Mark 5, verse 1, it said, then they came to the other side of the sea. They had crossed over the sea. There was this big storm that came to try to sink them, but they came over to this land of the Gadarenes and in verse 2 it said when he had come out of the boat immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit it it was a demon spirit and it said who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him not even with chains he was out of control and they tried to do it and he had just break the chains it says who had his dwelling there in the tombs, and they couldn't even chain him. It's because, verse 4, because he had often be bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. You know, there's still supernatural demon power in the earth, and you see people, little kids, that that get overcome and different people who lose their mind and somebody tries to hold them down and you get three or four or five adults and they can overpower them. And people think, well, that's just something weird. No, there are demons. We don't have to be afraid as believers of demons. That's one thing that scary movies have taught us. Be afraid. One thing the Bible teaches us is don't be afraid. But why watch a movie that tries to train you to fear? when we've got a book that will train you in authority. And so this guy here, and Jesus is trying to train his disciples, and, and us through this, they had often tried to shackle, but he would break them to pieces. And neither could anyone tame him. They, they couldn't calm him down. You know, you know, I'm not trying to say everybody who's out of their mind has a demon, but I do know that there are dark things, spirits that are in the world. And here they run across this guy, and we've got authority if people want help. You know, that's why you just don't give yourself over to certain things that are inappropriate. And that's probably a different message. But thank God anybody who wants to be free can get free through Jesus. Flat out. Verse 5, And always night and day he was in the mountain... And in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. He was in agony. And he was afflicting himself. And it says, I mean, he's just hurting himself. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Or bowed down to him. And cried out with a loud voice. And said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you or I beg you by God that you do not torment me. He recognized Jesus had authority over him. All demons know that Jesus has authority and that that authority has been invested into every believer. He just doesn't want the believer to read their Bible and find out. And it says in verse 8, For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then it said, and he asked him, What is your name? So he's the, the crying out here was actually compelled or a demon speaking through him. It was, it's not just in the movies. This was real life. And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also... He begged, or the demon begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. It's interesting that the demon wanted to stay in the location it was in. You know what's interesting? If you look at different areas in the country and around the world, certain areas tend towards certain kinds of life and lifestyle. Something to think about. Maybe we should resist life and lifestyles that are contrary to the Bible. And he begged him, don't send us out of this country. Now a large herd of of swine, uh, verse 11, was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. Another interesting thought. The demons w- were going to be kicked out of this man, but they wanted to possess something and show their expression through something. So they said, send us into these swine. There were so many, they could fill all those pigs. And, and there was, these were all in one man. And at once, and here's the thing. No matter if one or ten are in people, Jesus will set them free if a person calls on him. There's some things you can just resist. You with me? As a believer, you can give your life to Jesus, and you can resist things, and you can walk free. Notice this, and at once Jesus gave them permission... So Jesus let them, he kicked them out, but then he gave them permission to go into these swine. And they entered into the swine and there were about 2,000 and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned them all in the sea. Isn't it interesting? A man has a demon and all these demons in him and he's hurting himself. When this this demon leaves and these demons and get into these pigs, they didn't even want to live with these demons in them. That should tell you something. That death and destruction is not of God, it's of the enemy. There's hope in God. When people lose hope, it's a lot of lies that are pushing. But there is hope. And these pigs were like, I don't want to live like this. How many people live like this? Man, there's freedom. You know, there's a guy I've seen walk down the street. And uh, he just screams and cusses and talks and yells all the time. And he lives over by a trash bin. So I drove over the other day. thought, if I see him, I may confront him and just ask. And, and But he hid. But I thought, you know, because somebody, you can't just kick the devil out of people but I thought this guy is not normal. He needs help. And the world is going to tell you, well, you're a nut. Well, I've seen numerous people get free. You know, I'm not scared to tell things, but I know, uh, back when I was a youth pastor, a young girl had, had, had lost her mind. Uh, she was in her early teens and the pastor was out of town. And, uh, And this type of thing happened every time, not every time, but several times when he left. And I'm the one left. And she literally lost her mind. And the family called and was alarmed. And they said, because they had an older brother, who's now I believe in his 60s or 70s, who had something like this happen when he was a teenager, lost his mind and is still has to be assisted by his family. He was normal, and boom. And uh, they called, and they were fearful. And so I said, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll take authority, and that thing will leave. And do you know, when, we, when I spoke over the phone, that thing left, and her mind came back. Praise the Lord. The pastor goes on vacation. A, a year later, or six months, I get a call. Ugh. It happened again. And I'm like, okay, here's the problem first of all. I'm going to deal with it again. We'll deal with this. But you cannot be afraid of the devil. And you can't let the thoughts that my daughter is going to turn out like my brother dominate you. You can't do that. Okay, now I'm going to deal with it. And that's going to be the end. And I spoke to that thing, and she got free again. And she lives free today, all these years later. I could tell you various stories like that, and um, where people got free. One time, Pastor Linda and I were here, and there was somebody who said, you know, my daughter has troubled in her mind, and her mind is just not right. And I said, well, if, if she's willing, just bring her. I'll take authority. We'll take authority over that thing and make it leave her. I remember Pastor Linda, after we were done, I just talked to her for a little bit and discussed some things. She was in her right mind mostly. And, uh, I, I just took authority over that thing, commanded to leave. Pastor Linda, after the person left, she was free. She said, man, her face just changed right in front of us, like a peace and light just came. You with me? And, uh, Because there's freedom in Jesus. Any believer can exercise authority over the enemy. But you don't want to open up the door to junk. And I'm not saying everybody who watches pornography is going to get a demon or something. I for sure wouldn't say that. But I guarantee you, you start watching that stuff and there are wrong things. And then you may have to resist that temptation. Why are you tempted to watch that when the Lord said don't? You have to resist. The enemy will flee. You with me? Jesus exercised dominion over the devil. And I could tell you other stories of things. This will be interesting. Here we are on the internet and I'm telling all this stuff. One time when I was at work before I was full time and I was in California, I remember I was walking by, uh, I was in this job. And we were building this building, and I worked in construction back then. And I walked by this room, and it didn't have any windows and doors. And uh, all of a sudden, I heard this guy scream, you blanking so-and-so, you blank and just started cussing. You shut up right now. And, he was going, and and I'm walking by the door, and I'm thinking, and he starts calling names And as I'm going by the door, calling names. Like, I'm thinking, you're talking to me. So I walked back to the door, and I just put my hands like this. I said, I know you weren't talking to me. And he just said, oh, no, 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 I wasn't talking to you. He said, and he goes on to tell me the story. He said, I have voices constantly, uh, sexual things in my head 24 hours a day. He said, I've been in prison for it. I've been locked up for it. he said, it never stops. He said, a few years ago, I had gotten involved uh, in in some stuff that was not good. And something happened to my mind. And, and so the owner of the company allows me to work at a a real low wage because I can't work all day. And he told me why. And I was like, whoa, uh, not good. And uh, because he just can't sleep. He said he just has this stuff going on his mind 24 hours a day. I told him, I said, you know, I can help you. And uh, he said, you know what's wild? He just looked at me. He said, this is the first time in two years and 10 months those voices have stopped while I'm talking to you. I said, that's because the devil is afraid of me, just like he's afraid of all believers. That's why you don't want to yield to him because he's afraid of you. You with me? That's why you want to stand against him. And so I said, um, he's afraid of me. And I said, but I could help you if you want help. And I said, "Um, but, you know, he said, you know, I live with my dad. I'll talk to him. And I said, yeah, you talk to your dad. And then uh, we'll talk like at break or at lunch. You know, I'll see you around on the job site. And uh, he said this. He said, this is wild. First time in two years and ten months. Um... I'm not hearing this. And all of a sudden, he just spoke like he had revelation. He said, you know, I need to be careful who I hang around with. You know, I need to quit looking at pornographic stuff. You know, I need to quit smoking marijuana, too. I said, well, I'll talk to you at break. So the building, you know, is a big, big warehouse, and it's got a loading ramp, and a lunch truck would drive in, you know, and they play their whatever. You know, I don't want to do it because it'll sound bad music, and they uh, came in, and that's kind of the time everybody goes to break. So, you know, people just kind of move over there, and this truck happened to have a girl who took your money, and you know the song, Who Wears Short Shorts? She did. Real short shorts. And so as I'm walking, there's this young guy and this older man, and when I say young guy, I mean he's in his early 20s, and I hear them as she's setting up their, their little table, Uh, and she's setting it up, and they're like, check that, you know, all the language, you know, they knew I was a Christian. No, they didn't. And I'm listening to them talk, just pornographic, pretty much, as they walk up to the table, what they would do with this woman, what they, all this. And uh, as I walk up there, all of a sudden, guess who joins these two? I thought, there's a problem that has to be dealt with. Because he told me he lived with his dad. This is his dad and his brother. Anyway, I had a conversation to deal with him and talk to him. But I thought, I've got to get the dad on board. I've got to do this or I'm not going to deal with this. But if this guy wants to be free, I'll help him. But you can't just open the door and go, I want to be free, but I want to do this. And if you say, well, i got a desire and I want to get rid of it. I don't like it. Call on Jesus. If you need help, contact us on the web. Or call the church or something. We can help. You with me? And and you can get free. And uh, that doesn't mean if you're tempted, you know, by lust, you know. Jesus had thoughts. He was tempted to bow down and worship Satan, but he resisted. You with me? I'm not saying that demons are in everybody. I don't believe that. But I do know they're real. And there are people who want to get free. And Jesus is the answer. You with me? But don't think, well, I can just go do all this stuff and be free at the same time. But realize this, getting free will help you to get free from doing that stuff too. But I could tell you stories and other stories of things uh, where we uh, saw people delivered and I've seen people delivered uh, uh, of various things. But for time's sake, we won't. But Jesus has answers. And uh, like I said, I didn't think we'd go down this path, but we're we're rolling. And uh, I, I mean, I've seen people who had been institutionalized trying to kill themselves. Uh, this one person, young adult I'm thinking of. And uh, just no hope. And he was in a service and the power of God started to fall. And he wanted to bail and get out. And somebody came and said, hey, and told me some things. Well, anyway, make a long story short, prayed with them, laid hands on the power of God, set him free. And there's a lot to this story. And after I saw him later, he said, it's so wild. I went outside just to look at the trees. They look wonderful. He said, life is wonderful. He said, I never have thought you could see and things would be different. But Jesus set him free, and he said, "Everything is just better." Been institutionalized five times, trying to kill himself, and after that, he said, "You know, I'm going to pursue and uh, ministry." Man, when the Lord does the work, he's got a testimony. You with me? You can have a testimony if you're watching. Life can be different. You could be free like you don't know what freedom is. And uh, you can have a tremendous testimony. Man, oh my. And then nobody will be able to tell you, well, God doesn't do this or God doesn't do that. You can go, man, God does this stuff. And we, we get good testimonies of things. And like I said, I don't believe everybody has got a demon, but the devil is real. And we can put him on the run. Amen. And it's not some big drawn out stupid thing that people do. Thank you. It's not all that junk. It bugs me. Because some people are, you know, churches no more than Ken and Barbie to some people. And they're playing church. Like, you want to drive in my Corvette? It's not real life. But God is real life and there's real answers. And there's real authority too. And Jesus exercised it and gave this authority to the church. And it says here... uh, He begged and those things begged and you thought we forgot where we were at. We just took a long side journey right there. There's answers is what I'm saying. In Jesus. In his word. Verse 12 it says, So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. Then we see they run violently down, drown themselves. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled the demons uh, get in the pigs they run and now the people who are feeding them watch this whole thing go down they take off running and it said they fled and they told it in the city and the country what it was that had happened were there you know madman crazy man Nobody can chain him, guy. A guy came up with a group of people and cast the devil out of him. These demons went out and ended up in all the pigs and they bolted and ran off a cliff and drowned themselves. And it says, verse 15, so they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They were afraid. A person was back to normal. And they were afraid. But you got to remember why they were afraid. They had wrestled this guy to the ground and chained him often. They saw him cut himself and hide and live in these tombs. And they couldn't control him They couldn't overpower him. They would try, and here a guy comes, and he just says, this dude came and commanded the spirit. It went out, and then those things that were in went in all the pigs, and they're all dead. They were afraid. They recognized, here's somebody with way superior authority and power when we're trying to hold this guy and we've got a guy here who comes and just commands them to come out and then there was so much demon power and demons they go into all these pigs and they drowned i mean they must have washed up walked up and seen these pigs washed up on shore and floating around whoa and jesus is there is just calm he had gone to the land not to deliver one man only, but to share with them. But notice this. It says they, he, they saw him. Notice these phrases, seated or sitting. Nobody could tame him. He's tame. He's calm. He's sitting. Notice he's clothed. He wouldn't keep his clothes on. That should tell you something. Now he keeps his clothes on. And he's in his right mind. He's at peace. And they were afraid. Isn't that an interesting thing to be afraid of? Verse 16, And those who saw it told told him how it had happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to Jesus... To depart from the region. Isn't it interesting? This man with this authority, after seeing a miracle, didn't even want him. Didn't want him around. Will you please? They pled with him, leave. Here's a man with this superior authority, and they're saying, will you leave? He could have said, I'm the son of God. You can't tell me what to do. But Jesus isn't like that. They tried to control the demon man, and they couldn't. They ask him, leave. And he says, okay, I'll leave. Be careful of resisting Jesus. People in the world. He'll still reach out, but he does it in different ways through people. But but if you notice here, it says in verse 17, then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Verse 18, and when he got in the boat, Jesus walked away and got in the boat. WWJD, what would Jesus do? He got up and walked away. Helped one person profoundly, and the rest didn't want him. And what are we talking about? You said a lot of things. We're talking about a contagious faith. And so this demon man who had been demonized and demon-possessed, he who had been demon-possessed, the bottom part of verse 18 said, begged him that he might uh, be with him. You know, you wonder why after somebody gives their life to the Lord, they just want to be with Jesus. They just want to walk with Jesus. They just want to be around Jesus. That is wonderful, and Jesus... You know, God wants to spend time with you, but there is a purpose in life too for us. Verse 19 says, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends. Notice that. The people you know, the people that are around you, your friends, your neighbors, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. In other words, you've had an encounter with me. You've seen what I can do, Jesus is saying. You recognize the vitality in this. Take and go spread this back with those people. Let them know. And so Jesus takes off. And he departed and began. And so when he departed from Jesus, Jesus departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis or in his city where he was at, all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Do you know this man his contagious faith by his own experience, he started sharing with these people and these people were like, whoa, they didn't want to hear it from Jesus at first. They were startled. Oh my goodness. How many of us have a testimony? All of our testimonies are different. Some of us may say, well, I lived for the Lord my whole life, but I got saved when I was young and it's been a living thing. Other, you know, and it's been good. We should share that. It's real. It's real. I don't have to have been a mass murderer to to have a great testimony. But but a great testimony is a mass murderer who got set free. But everything in between, uh, we should live a vital walk with the Lord and recognize our own testimony is worthy of sharing. I was once lost, I'm now found. I once didn't know the Lord, I do know Him. And our testimonies are individual and they're different, but they should be contagious and they are because they're reality. Others may not know the gospel, but we can share a link to our church. Give an invite. Share people. Share with people. Notice he said with your friends or the people you're connected with. And we're talking about a contagious faith. Let's look over here in Acts, the 8th chapter. And we're going to close up here pretty quick. But it is vital for us to, to have a faith that's worthy of sharing And do you know, every person who's received the Lord has a faith that's contagious and worthy of sharing. And that's when it becomes contagious. You with me? We're not to live undercover. The world is desperate for what we have. But sometimes I wonder if it's like this guy who said, well, I just want to be with you, Jesus. I just want to hang out, talk, get to know you. And that's a great thing. We should all develop our own walk with God. You know, meet with believers and things. But there's a side where we should be sharing. Acts the 8th chapter. uh, We'll begin reading here in the first verse. Just to let you know, the early church was supposed to start sharing. You know, even the early church wasn't perfect. Some people say, well, the church just isn't perfect. You'll find in the Bible, even the disciples, even with Jesus, they weren't perfect. Jesus was the only one perfect. Adam and Eve weren't perfect. But God still loves us. So we should be careful. You know, a lot of people say don't judge. We, we shouldn't judge the church in that aspect and realize it's made up of a lot of different people. But there's one good factor, or many good factors, but it's God. In those people. Perfect or not. It's God in their midst. And God in those people. You know when I'm talking about. People who have really given their life to the Lord. But here this early church. Had been commanded to preach and go everywhere. They hadn't really been doing it. And troubled times came. And what's interesting is. Like us with this quarantine. And all this stuff happening. They got under persecution. And they They weren't meeting together anymore either. Because when they did meet together, people would come and imprison them and take them away. So they fled from gathering. And we'll pick it up in Acts 8 verse 1. It says, now Saul was consenting to his death. They had just killed uh, one Christian. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So just the leaders stayed, and those believers got scattered. They spread out. But what happened when they got spread out? They lived with purpose. They took advantage of the trouble they were in. The trouble was not from God. God was not persecuting them. God was not against them. God was for them. But when they got scattered and weren't able to meet together, they took advantage. They totally made their faith contagious. They spread it around. And verse 4, it says this. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere proclaiming the word or giving their testimony about salvation and Jesus. Verse 5 said, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, this is at that time of that persecution, and he preached Christ to them and, and great things happened and there was a whole city got, got affected. But how did this happen? They're all meeting together Something came that stopped them from being able to meet together, and as they weren't able to meet together, wherever they found life to be, they spread the gospel. I'll tell you what, we need to recognize that this isn't the worst thing that could happen. Do I like the fact that we're not meeting together? No. But let's take advantage of it. Let's spread the gospel. Let's do what we should do, and I know people are doing it, but let's make things available to people. You know, people are looking, people are scared. We got the answer. Amen? We do. We need to know the source of what's going on. Acts 10.38 said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he's anointed his church. But it says, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is not from God. He's not sending it. Jesus wasn't counteracting God's work. God anointed him to do that. We need to know the source. Because otherwise people will say, maybe God's doing this to us. No, in this, let's do God's work. James 4, 7 says, submit to God resist the devil and guess what as a believer he will flee from you that means you do not permit him you you refuse him notice who's doing this junk now we can't just speak and i guess you know in some degrees we can speak and change things but i don't think one person could just speak and say i command this to die everywhere in the world No, Jesus would have done that. But where he reached and where he did things, uh, he exercised authority and taught us to do the same. I do know we can pray for those in authority to help us lead a quiet and peaceful life. The scripture is clear on that. We're not worshiping the government, but we recognize we live under their domain. Let's pray for them. You with me in these times? But when it comes to us, let's trust God. For, for what we need during this time. To have protection. Like we said last week. Know Psalm 91. And, and it reads, declare this over yourself and believe it. And Psalm, Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's somebody proclaiming the Lord's rule and His direction. And know this. We um, We win. We win. And we're going to get stronger and better through this. And we're going to reach more people. And so, praise God. And you can live in peace. And we will. You know, if fear comes, worry comes, you can resist that. Be careful what you're feeding on during this time.